message. So, Lord, we thank you. Lord, thank you for the gift of your word. And as we think on these things, Lord, open our hearts and our minds to you. Let these, let your words be heard and all else fall away, Lord. Amen. So, I wanted to tell you, see that little guy right there? I wanted to tell you a little, little something you may not have known about Wyatt. See, Wyatt really loves collecting something. He loves collecting containers, all kinds of containers, big ones, little ones, uh, giant Amazon boxes are usually one of his favorites, and I'm not going to lie, they're usually one of my favorite too. Uh, and, and as a mom, I, I love the practicality of containers. The more variety, the better. These compartments make my life easier and organized. I, I even have a Pinterest board that's solely dedicated to how I can organize my life because it's so helpful. And someday, there, there's a store I really yearn to visit in Portland. Um, despite the fact of being in Portland, I really want to visit it someday. And can you guess what it's called? The container store, yes. So, like, I, I nerd out on this stuff sometimes, but I, I think that would be really fun to go to. Um, and for a lot of us, we, we don't just organize our closets and our environments. We have the amazing ability to compartmentalize our lives as well. And, and this is kind of, kind of what it looks like. So I want you guys to think, what are the important aspects in your lives? And, and call them out. So family. Okay. So what else is there? Family. Um, jobs. Did I hear house? Okay, so that might be like um, domestic, your domestic life. What else? Your hobbies. So maybe what you do for entertainment. Entertainment. Hobbies. Health. Mm-hmm. Where else do you spend your time? Prayer? So I think I'll keep that with hobbies. What else? Education? I think for a lot of us, we have, we have children and... Um, we homeschool. Some of us are pursuing um, education ourselves. Mm-hmm. We sleep sometimes. I think I'll leave that with kind of like our, our domestic and our... Per- <laughs> yeah, me. Would you become hashtag adulting? <laughs> those, are, those are all our goals. You know, and I think that right now, we, on some level... We all probably have a political life, especially with everything that's been going on, you know. Um, 
And if we're, what were you going to say? Friendships. So maybe family and friends. Relationships. Um, I think one that some of us might have too, uh, just because the internet, we, some of us may even have a secret life that nobody even knows about. Social, leisure, domestic, personal, spiritual, secret, all of these are categorized, all neat and tidy. And that is a visualization of what compartmentalization is. So for, for another example, um, in the 1940s, I'm just going to hold this thing. That's way easier. There was a powerful mafia member who operated off of our West Coast. His name was Mickey Cohen. He was a top mafia figure on our coast during that time. It was also during that time that Billy Graham was taking off in his evangelistic crusades. Billy Graham had a breakthrough meeting in L.A. Mickey Cohen, this big gangster guy, was really drawn to Billy's preaching. And he met with him privately. And during this meeting, Mickey Cohen acknowledged that he wanted to receive Jesus Christ as his Savior, and he wanted to go to heaven. He prayed asking Jesus into his life, and all the Christian world rejoiced. Oh, yes! A notorious mafia member had just become a Christian. But as time went on, Mickey Cohen still operated as a gangster. He ran illegal operations. He bribed government officials. He, he just took out a few hits on a couple people. Just a few. When another Christian, and I don't know who this guy was, but he was one brave guy. When this courageous Christian finally confronted him, Mickey Cohen said, But I don't understand. You have Christian athletes, Christian singers, Christian actors, and even Christian politicians. Why not a Christian gangster? That's not how that works. (laughs) See, Wikipedia defines compartmentalization as a subconscious psychological defense mechanism used to avoid the mental discomfort and anxiety caused by the person having conflicting value, conflicting emotions, and conflicting beliefs within themselves. Compartmentalization allows these conflicting ideas to coexist by inhabiting direct or explicit acknowledgement and interaction between separate compartmentalized self-states. This divides reality into two intrinsically distinct categories of the sacred and secular, of church versus state. This is what happened to Mickey. He was trying to make sense of the world and his newfound faith without making them have a confliction. You see, it's so easy to compartmentalize God to Christian activities around church and spiritual disciplines without thinking of him in our marriages, within our family relationships, with, that, with, how, he, it, with how we handle our money, our choice in recreation and entertainment, or our attitudes on the job. This is why people can act a certain way at the job and another way with their friends, another with their relatives, and so forth. Their values, attitudes, beliefs, and language may change depending on their environment. Sometimes it may be natural um, or even acceptable to compartmentalize your general behavior. I mean, you're not going to have the same conversations with your grandparents or 
as you might with your spouse. But this can be abused, and people can compartmentalize their faith. This is why someone can lead a life of corruption, like Mickey, and yet think they are still doing God's will. Many Christians can talk the good talk about morality and enter into deep conversation about God's truths, but their lives do not reflect their knowledge, their relationship. Um, Their relationship with God is just not right. James, the half-brother of Jesus, noted, You believe that there is one God? Good! Even the demons believe that and shudder. Obviously, demons do not have the right relationship with God. Right beliefs without right behaviors do not foster the right relationship. If what we learn and affirm on Sunday morning does not transfer over to our obedience to God in our use of our body and mind, in our work and our finances, in our family and recreation from Monday through Saturday, we cannot claim to have the right relationship with God. Relationship involves totality. You see, Jesus is either Lord of all or he isn't Lord at all. Christians as a whole are not living any differently from our unbelieving neighbors. George Brianna says that every day the church is becoming more like the world it allegedly seeks to, to change. We see the world going further and further this way. And instead of us, the church being way over here, we just slightly shift with it with every change that the world makes. The gap between what we claim to believe in public statements and how we really live is both the greatest barrier to Christians living the abundant life that Jesus promised and to non-Christians becoming believers. So I'll say that again. The gap to what we claim to believe and how we really live is both the greatest barrier to Christians living the abundant life that Jesus promised and to non-Christians becoming believers. William Barclay is quoted as, Here is the great eternal truth. Light cannot be divided into compartments. See, we can't just shine light in one of those boxes. Into some of which God is involved, and others of which he is not involved. There cannot be one kind of language in the church and another in the home. You see, there is no divide between secular and sacred. There cannot be one kind of standard of conduct in the church, another standard of conduct in the business world. The fact is that God does not need to be invited into certain compartments of life and be kept out of others. He is everywhere, all through life, and through every activity in life. You can't segregate God when and where you choose. You can't put God back in a box all nice and tidy just because you don't want to deal with your faith at work. <laughs> you know, sometimes sometimes we get a little angry, and, and maybe we just want to close that box so then we can say some some words and maybe do some gestures and, and then bring the box out later when it's convenient from us. We can't do that. You can't segregate God when we want. So let's look at the compartments that we drew. As I look at the picture although I didn't draw the squares very square, to me it looks like a blueprint of a house. And what does a house need? A good house. A foundation. Matthew seven twenty four through 27 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not 
fall because they had the foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down. The streams rose up. The winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell down with a great crash. The wise man's house did not fall because the foundation was on the rock. Just as all houses need a strong foundation, our lives also need a strong foundation. If Christ isn't the foundation in our lives, then we're just focused on ourselves. How can we bring glory to God and please him in our marriages, in our jobs, in our personal lives, in our education as we're teaching our kids or as we're learning ourselves? How can you experience him in these areas? We must judge ourselves regularly, regularly, I can't speak apparently, uh, fully and truthfully. We cannot afford to have our faith placed in a nice box in our minds, only to be open when we want to feel warm and fuzzy. If we place our spiritual life in a faith compartment in our minds, isolated from the other behavior activity, then it actually means that we have compartments in which that our faith which are not bound by our faith. And those compartments are free to sin unrestrained. Instead, we must build on all compartments on our faith so that our faith is exposed in all areas of our lives. God laid the foundation of the universe by his words, and we should build our lives on the foundation of God's words. Every thought and action should be governed by our faith. We should always walk in the light of God. For if we walk in the light... And we should have the confidence and promise of our Lord. Jesus would remind us with these words. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. The solution to dealing with compartmentalized compartmentalization is to allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse every compartment in our life, in our mind, our mouth, our money, and our relationships. The blood of Jesus shed on the cross makes forgiveness of sin possible, and the forgiveness of sins makes right relationship with God, with one another possible. We need to surrender our complete lives over to Jesus. And honestly, sometimes it might be scary to do that. And if, it, if you're not scared to do that, then That's awesome. I'm glad that you don't feel that way. But living a life where you have given him time, transparency, and surrender is a fulfilling in a whole life. God has beautiful things for us. We just have to stop living our our compartmentalized lives and live completely within him. Our faith is meant to be bold. 